What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance. And of course, we're talking business. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best and before we introduce today's guest, my man, Eric, tell us who you have for our Blackness Sunday Spotlight. Hey, thank you, Corey. I really appreciate that. Uh, today's Spotlight, I'm going to showcase um, a guy, a rapper that we all know, who is P. Diddy. Well, guess what? You know, P. Diddy is now a billionaire. You know, according to this new report, the Bad Boy Entertainer founder and CEO just recently snagged the number two spot among the wealthiest hip-hop artists in North America. Now, this placement was formerly held by Kanye, and who was, you know, legally known as Ye, uh, but his network plummeted following his recent behaviors and Semitic comments he recently made that led to the termination of his several brands of his partnership, including Adidas. And Jay-Z topped the list with an estimated net worth of $1.5 billion. Now, Diddy also owns half of the loan, the killer, and is a major shareholder of its Revolt television network, which is apart from continuing to earn royalties from his music catalog. So that's my spotlight for today. I want to welcome Pete Diddy to the Billionaires Club and uh, wish him the best of success. Now back to you, Corey. Hey, Eric, thanks for that Black Men Sunday spotlight. Like I tell brothers every Sunday, Black History Month is over but we, get, we keep it going every Sunday. So let's go on to introduce today's guest. We have Tony Jackson on the line. This brother here is a certified financial instructor. He's not just that, he's an entrepreneur. He's an ordained minister. This brother also is an author. We're gonna take care of business. This is Black Men Sundays. Like I said, we are talking about finance. We are talking about generational wealth. So first off, Tony Jackson, welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited about being here with you today. I want to dive right into your book, Increase, Protect, and Dominate Your Money. Because when I look, you know, you're a Michigan native. And, you know, first thing when I research you, I see retire financially free, no debt, no stress. I'm like, I want to do that. So how can that, how can that be achievable for a Black man? Man, let me tell you, it's so many strategies out there that we can implement that will help us, you know, get income and have income, uh, be our own bank, infinite banking, all those type of concepts that we can use. And the, the wonderful thing about it is that it's all uh, tax-free stuff that's right in the code. Uh, we just use the IRS code to our advantage, man, rather than to our disadvantage. So there's there's a lot of strategies that we uh, that we implement. Many of them are in the book, as you mentioned, of how we can uh, be you know, retired, financially free, man, no stress, no taxes, uh, and no debt. Definitely. And I mean, you're the real money coach. You're also the founder of the real money coach. So tell us what that is. Yeah. So the real money coach, man, really kind of got birthed out of, uh, out of COVID actually. So, you know, April 2nd, 2020, you know, I said, Hey, listen, I was getting phone calls from my, my clients, right? Because the, the market's crashing, it's going down you know, we're right in the middle of this COVID thing. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do just a one-time Facebook show uh, just to invite all my all my customers to, so I could tell them all what was going on, how their money was safe. They weren't losing anything. 
And, uh, and so that went so well, they said, well, can you come back and do this again, man? Can you really coaching us? And then we came back another week and another week. And so you now we're like two and a half years strong uh, every week where we're doing that broadcast. And then that has led to also, I do a radio show on um, Praise 100.9 in Charlotte, which is uh, Radio One. And so then that evolved to us doing even more things uh, through the COVID in terms of coaching and having an online university where we do everything from budgeting to credit to uh, how to get out of debt all the way through the financial, you know, more complex financial stuff. So we've done things for, you know, uh, the, the Black Chamber of Commerce in California for the whole state. We've done things for like hub, you know, uh, historically underutilized business, DOT, Department of Transportation. A lot of places have had us come in and talk to their members, their their business owners, their employees about how to get their money right. And so that just launched this uh, this brand we call the Real Money Coach. So Mr. Tony Jackson, when we're talking about the miseducation in the Black community, especially when we're talking about money, it exists. What can we do to combat that? Man, well, you know, it, it starts with this. It starts with mindset, right? Because uh, we've grew up with this um, adverse relationship with money, right? So, you know, I, I, a good friend of mine, Michael V. Roberts, he says, hey, he's a billionaire now, right? And so he says, hey, we grew up, we weren't poor, we just never had any money. And so that's how it's been. And, and, and you know, I could say some things to you, Corey, and you could finish the sentence, right? Money don't grow on trees, right? We hear that. There, you know, you got to do this because there's children starving in Africa. And we have all these 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 idioms that we say, and it really has affected our mindset. And so I think the first place to start is with the mindset. And a lot of times when we're doing classes and we're doing series of classes, we always start with financial psychology, who's, we call them MKO, more knowledgeable others. Who, who's your more knowledgeable others? Is it is it Uncle Pete that's trying to tell you how to invest your money? Or is there somebody else that you're learning from? And so we have to start with mindset. And once we get past the mindset, man, then we can start talking about implementing strategies because I, I said it over and over again that we'll help someone get out of debt, right? Or we get their credit score up. But if we don't change their mindset, they'll slip right back into debt. They'll slip right back into bad credit. And we're just, it's a cycle, right? And we just continue to cycle. So we have to break that cycle. And how do we do it? We do it by having Black Men Sundays, right? We have these type of platforms that we need to talk to our people about, and you know, and, and I'm involved in some other things. Boyce Watkins is part of his um, uh, convention he just had in Charlotte a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's, it's Black first and just, you know, making sure that we're taking care of, of our people in dealing with that mindset. You know, one of my most popular uh, presentations I have is called GoFundMe Ain't Life Insurance, right? And I've talked to brothers and they said, man, I ain't going to get no life insurance because I don't want to leave nobody rich, man. I don't want nobody rich. I don't want nobody profiting off of my, my death. Well, we got to change that mindset because you are going to die, right? And so you might as well be protected and make sure your family's taken care of. So it, it really boils down to mindset. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned successful people. You know, growing up as a kid, it was kind of like if the have-nots didn't have it, the successful people, even though they may have been a have-not at one point, they're not going to give you the keys to their success until you figure it out for yourself. And you walk in that room and you see the guy there. You're like, oh, you used to live downstairs from me and now you're doing it big. So that leads to my next question is um, nowadays, successful people are starting to pass the wealth down. How do you feel about that? 
Well, man, I, I'm a benefactor of that, right? So I got I mentioned Michael B. Roberts, billionaire, uh, George Frazier, uh, and other people that I know that have been very successful that have, you know, just kind of really um, you know, leaned and 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 invested time and knowledge into me. And so I'm benefiting from that. And, and I think this is the difference, Corey. There's this difference between being rich and being wealthy. Um, rich people tend to keep that to, to themselves. Wealthy people, they give the knowledge away because they know that their wealth is solid. They are not worried about, you know, if, you know, this contract doesn't happen and what's going to happen. They, they, they're really about, and then especially older, that older generation, when they get to a certain point and it's like, man, now it's time for me to give back. And so they're willing to do that. And so I think that's that's part of that piece of it, too, is uh, just finding the right mentors and the right people who are willing to, uh, you know, share the information, give the information away. Right. And they, they give away so much knowledge and information if we're willing to listen. And not only that, it's not just listening, but it's about taking action with what we hear, you know. Um, I, I got hundreds of thousands of people who got my book. It's a bestseller on Amazon when it came out on day one, but not everybody's taking action on what they read. And then, you know, for us, it's like, okay, even if I get the book, I still got to read it. And then when I read it, I got to implement some of the strategies to make a difference in my life. Gotcha. And while we're talking about the book, you know, this is Black Men Sundays. Give us one tip that can ease a black man or a black woman's life financially give us one tip i know we're gonna have to read the book to get the tips, <laughs> but give us a tip man listen it one of the biggest tips i would say is just to have a budget no matter what we do if we're talking about investing in real estate if we're talking you know cryptocurrencies forex day trading whatever it is you got to have a budget you got to have a spending plan and, and that's the biggest tip. And, and even though my book really is about retirement, about setting up generational wealth, those type of things, we start at that very basic thing, get rid of debt and have a spending plan. Because if we can put those two things into mix, now you know we have the freedom to do what we want to with our money, right? So um, I, I think that's the biggest tip is to, to do that. And when you're doing a budget, actually, so this is how we typically budget for it. We say, Okay, here's my income. Here's my expenses, uh, and you know my fixed expenses, variable expenses, what have you. And then this is what's left over. So this is what I'm going to save. Okay, the way we teach budgeting is we we want to put savings as the the second item. So here's my income. This is how much I'm going to save or invest, and then I put my expenses. So rather than it being an afterthought, we want to make it a we want to make it high in the program. Man, I hadn't planned on doing this, but but let me tell you this, man. That I, I woke up the other day, the Lord just kind of gave me this. He says, you know, help a thousand people start saving a hundred dollars a month. A thousand people. And it, it's, here's the confirmation, right? So the confirmation is I, I'm I'm thinking this and, and okay, yeah, this this makes sense to me. Um, uh, we're gonna help one thousand people start saving a hundred dollars a month, right? They'll be a millionaire in 10 years. You know, they'll have a lot of money in 10 years, right? Collectively, you're talking about $12 million, right? Without even them earning, you're not even talking about the earning. And then I get an email from a, a customer's daughter. Said, my dad told me to, to, to call you and, and set up a savings plan for $100 a month. I was like, bing, 
that's going to be the program, man. For 2023, we're going to start a movement to get $100 saved by a thousand people and just see and see what that would do for your life down the road. And so that, that's going to be it, man. And I have not mentioned that to anyone uh, other than my wife until I just mentioned that right now. So we're going to help a thousand people uh, start saving a hundred dollars a month. Oh, that's great. That's awesome, man. Because on last week's Black Men's Sunday show, we had the five beta sigmas, the five beta sigmas from Brevard County, Florida are collecting $30,000 and they're going to help families pay their down payments to be able to get themselves to the home. Now, look at what you're doing. I mean, we're making moves out here. And that leads to my next question. When we talk about generational wealth, uh, Black Men's Sundays, we're based on generational wealth. A lot of brothers always ask me, how do we protect our wealth? Yeah, and and if I could say this, man, what we teach is what we call four pillars of gener intergenerational wealth, right? Number one is proper management of your current assets. You know, that's your debt, your credit, proper management of your money that you have now. Number two is having the proper insurance and investment in place. Number three is real estate, right? Own some real estate because you can't pass on a, a rent, right? You can't pass on an apartment. There's no, unless you own that bad boy, right? And then number three is business development because I, I could be, I could be a top executive at a company, Fortune 500 company. I can't pass that on to my son, right? So we talk about business development, real estate, proper insurance and investments, and then proper management of your current assets. So those are our four uh, pillars of, of generational wealth change. So to your question, um, how can we create it? One of the things that, that we believe in is we, we definitely believe in life insurance is one of those things because for pennies on a dollar, I mean, I could leave a million dollars, right? I got a young brother just started a policy, you know, a couple couple weeks ago, month ago. Um, young brother's putting in, you know, I think he's like $59 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Like, uh, and if we can do that, we can start to change the whole trajectory of our, of our uh, generations, right? Because if I can leave a million dollars tax-free money to my son, and to my, to, well, to all four of my kids, right? What is that going to do for them in terms of them being able to leave generational wealth for my grandchildren and then their grandchildren? And so, you know, I want to leave so much money for the next generation. You walk in the house and they got a 72-inch picture of me on the wall instead of a TV, right? And so generational wealth, the thing that, that kind of concerns me about it, Corey, is that there's so many people that talk about it, but do you really know what it is, you know, or is it just become a buzzword, something that sounds good? Um, and so I love what you're doing here because you're teaching people how to create generational wealth. And, you know, that means that, you know, even the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, right? And so generational wealth is about leaving something, some assets that they can take and then they can build upon those assets. So instead of us starting on the floor or starting in the basement, you know, where we got to do a GoFundMe, we got to get money to even bury you, why not leave thousands of dollars? Why not leave millions of dollars? Why, why not leave uh, six, seven figures of money to the next generation and then they build it off? But, you know, what, the other thing that we have to do with that is we have to educate them. Because if I leave a million dollars to one of my kids and I haven't educated them on what to do with it, it's just like them hitting the lottery, Right. And in a couple of years, they'll be broke. So we got to teach them what to do with that money when they get it. I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, when also when I 
think about generational wealth, some of my coworkers, some friends, they say, you know, why is, what's the big deal about generational wealth? It just seems like a hot topic. It's hot right now. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm fine. I make good money. What do you have to say to people that say, why does generational wealth even matter? Well, the thing about it, the reason it matters and is because, I mean, we can talk about all the different things we want, right? We can, we can talk about, you know, we need uh, reparations and we can talk about all these type of things. And I know there's a big rally in D.C. this last weekend about reparations. And I believe that we should be able to do it, right? I, I think that, I think we're, we, the country owes us, right? I, I have no dispute of that. But we've been waiting for this for how many years, <laughs> right? And it, it ain't happened yet. And so the reason why generational wealth is so important is because we need to create it for ourselves and stop waiting for somebody to give us a handout or hand up when it's something that we can take charge of and do something about it ourselves. And so now uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, my grandsons and my granddaughters and, and how they're going to be, uh, you know, their financial future, because if I create generational wealth and then what's going to happen is my kids are going to do what they see me do. And then my grandkids are going to see what they see. So, you know, why, why should just the Rockefellers be the ones with all the wealth that's passed down from generation to generation? It should be us. I mean, we, 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 we deserve it, right? We deserve it uh, just like anybody else because we've worked hard for 400 years in this country. And if anybody deserves to create generational wealth, it's, it's us. Mm, are you giving it to us today? And I want to stay right on that topic because... Um, what I'm noticing is, you know, with the Robin Hoods and Chases and the different mobile ways of investing, a lot of brothers are saying, you know what, I don't need a 401k. The pension, eh, I'm good on that. I can do it myself. I don't need a financial advisor. I don't need the accountant telling me how to maneuver my money. I can do my own research and do that for myself, where my generation was more, you know what, we don't have, we're not an expert at that. We're not going to do that. I'd rather pay a financial advisor. I'd rather pay an accountant to take care of my money for me. But the millennials are saying, no, we can do it ourselves. These guys are losing money for you. So what's your thoughts on that? You know, because you are a certified financial instructor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I, I tell you, our, our parents, man, um, did what they knew to do, right? And I, I remember even when I was I was coming up, it was about getting a getting a good job. Uh, with a 401k, stack your money in there, and then retire. It used to be pension. It did away with pensions, right? So, so that's what it was all about. And I agree with you, man. The 401k is not the best place to put your money. Even, even Time Magazine said it's a rotten repository for your investment because of the fees, the lack of control. Now, I do believe that if you have one available and you get a match, you should put up to that match in there because that's free money. Now, as far as do you need an advisor, that type of thing? Yeah, I, I think there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, right? But I think there's there's this thing that we have to understand that a lot of them, you know, those high fee-based uh, advisors, um, the reality is 8% of them every year, only 8% of all money managers beat the S&P 500 every year. And so what that says is, why am I going to pay a whole bunch of money to some cat that has a 92% chance of failing if I just follow the S&P 500 on my own, right? 
And so I get that. But I think there's also some some getting some wisdom in terms of the tax code and how some of the things that you're investing, how they affect the taxes and how you can save a lot of money by putting yourself into things that's going to end up being tax free for you later on. Um, but I'm all for the Robin Hoods, the Stash, the Acorn, all those apps for investing. But I think, too, you got to get beyond that. You got to get to where you're putting more money away and you need to do it in something that's going to allow you to pull all that money out to tax free later or even earlier. You know, because the problem with the 401ks and the IRAs and all those is you got to wait till you're 59 and a half to do it. Otherwise, you get penalized. But I want to put my money someplace where if I need to go get it, I can go get it. If I needed to go make a deal, those types of things. So, you know, so you don't want everything in tax qualified plans because you'll just get eat up, ate up in taxes for sure. Doing my research on you, you do wills, estate planning, and obviously we were talking about insurance. Let's talk about estate planning, the importance of that, because I feel like a lot of brothers are like, you know, I don't have a big mansion. I don't, you know, when people think of estates, you're thinking like, you know, big mansion. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because some people, you know, they talk, well, because the exemption on a state for tax purposes is about $11 million, right? And it's, well, if I, if I don't have that, I don't, I don't need a will. But the reality is this, tax qualified money, like the 401ks and stuff we're talking about, are excluded from that. So if that money gets passed on to your children, uh, they actually have to start paying taxes on that money right away. Um, actually, you know, in January 2019, they changed it where it used to be something called a stretch IRA, but now they have to report that money uh, immediately. And that's where most of our money is. And then the other thing is to protect your assets if you ever need anything like assisted living, nursing home care, any of those type of things, because the reality is this, is that your health insurance doesn't cover it, Medicare doesn't cover it. And so the only thing left is either getting a long-term care policy or getting Medicaid. In order to get Medicaid, you got to spend out all your own assets first down to $2,000. They'll have let you keep $2,000, a house, you can keep it if there's a living spouse, a car if there's a living spouse. If you don't have one of those, then you even have to sell those assets in order to get that care taken care of. So by putting some estate planning documents in place and use, using trust and some of those type of things, we can protect our wealth from all those things and also being sued right? Because it's a separate entity. And so those are all important. And, and my thing is always this, why do all this accumulate all these assets uh, and then let the state in which you live in decide who's going to get what? And I talk about some great examples in my book. You got Prince, uh, James Brown, you know, Aretha Franklin, you know, these folks did not have proper planning in place. Uh, but yet you take someone like Michael Jackson who had a trust and a will, boom, everything's iron tight. IRS came after him. They couldn't do anything to his estate. And so even if we don't have the millions of dollars, just protecting our stuff and even just how you want to be handled. I mean, do you want to be on life support or don't you? You know, healthcare power of attorney, uh, power of attorney to take care of your business. These are just basic estate planning documents that everybody should have, regardless of how much income you have or how many assets you have, you know, put those things in place. And certainly trust is a great way to create that generational wealth because that trust and that property will stay in the family forever. Because you know, they're going into the hood buying our property. My bit mama's house is gone. They come in and offer you a hundred grand and we jump on it. 
right? And next thing you know, there's a $600,000 house sitting on that lot. You know, so we, we have to do things to protect our wealth, protect our, our land, our property, uh, and estate planning is, is a way to do that. All right. And I'm probably going to upset some folks with this next question, but, you know, I'm a news photographer and a lot of times I go in a grandma's house who's retired for 20 years, but then now I'm seeing grandma's got the granddaughter with the two or three grandkids in the house. So she's saying, I may have to go back, get another job. I'm not saving enough. So, you know, you, you discuss retirement. So for the brothers and sisters that are in their twenties, in their thirties, who have kids, what can they do so when they retire, they don't have to go back to work? Well, first of all, man, is you got to start saving. You got to start putting money away. And the sooner you do it, the better. And the younger you are, the better. And then the other thing is when, when I talk to someone about retirement, you know, we always talk about diversification, right? So, you know, you want to have, you want to make sure your, your investments are diverse. We always think of it in terms of risk. But there's other there's two more areas that you have to be uh, make sure that your investment portfolio is diverse. And that is how it's going to be treated in taxes. Right. So there's three buckets of money. There's a, a taxable bucket, a tax deferred bucket, and a tax free bucket. We want to make sure that we have balance in that. Right. And we want more money in the tax free bucket. And then the other thing that you have to do is you have to make sure that your portfolio is diverse in terms of how it creates and get income. See, the problem is so often people have money, but how do you turn that investment into income? How do you get the wealth out of the walls of the house so that you can live off of it without giving up the house? You know, and so we have to be diverse. To do. Some things are going to be for immediate income. Some things are going to be kind of like that nest egg. And then some things should be creating lifetime income. The uh, I think they said like 66% of seniors fear running out of money before they die. And so, you know, we just have to put some strategies in place that create lifetime income for folks so that they can get rid of that fear. Also, you know, when we talk about generational wealth, I feel like brothers and sisters' pride also can become an impediment to that. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Absolutely, man. So so we often say this, man, it's just like, you know, we, we have status anxiety, right? We want to look like we're doing well. But the objective here is not to look like we're doing well. One of my mentors, George Tracy, says, listen, rather than have a $5,000 Louis bag with $100 in it, I'd rather have a paper bag with $5,000 in it, right? So the objective here is not to look like we're winning, but to actually win. The other day on stage, Michael Roberts said at, at Boyce Watkins Conference, uh, he said that, you know, rich people scream, wealthy people whisper. And that's why nobody knows him. He said, that's why none of y'all know him in this room. Because, you know, and so we, we have that, and, but we got to understand that that's part of who we are and it's okay. So if, if you know, I might want to roll in a Lexus, I might want to roll in a BMW or whatever, but, you know, I could get a used one, right? I don't have to get a new one off the, off the showroom floor and I still am driving around nice, right? But I'm paying used car price versus new car, you know, so some of those types of things that we have to, to implement and put in place so that we're not spending all our money just trying to look good. And, you know, as I was uh, reading a press kit about you, um, I wanted to, I was, I thought it was pretty interesting because, you know, with Black Men Sundays and it's different platforms, different brothers, you know, we're all on the generational wealth, but it's saying because of the, the median income gap between Black and white people, 
that by the year 2053, the average black family will have zero wealth? Zero wealth, man. And, and that was a study that was done. It's other studies done by the uh, black policy uh, or the political policy uh, makers and all these type of things. And here, here's another statistic, man, that I shared the other day. That New York Times says that African-Americans are 10 times more likely to uh, own insurance on this, on their cell phone, than they do on their own life. 10 times more likely. New York Times. That's ridiculous, right? But you're, you're right. If, if we don't do something, and that's what, man, I'm saying not on my watch, right? That's why I want to create this thousand, thousand uh, people to save $100 a month, man. Not on my watch. If, if we don't start to do something, we're headed in that direction. We're behind the Hispanic community. We're behind all these other communities. And, and we've been here the longest. We got the most talent, but we got to change our mindset and say, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that happen. And the other thing to me is important is as we talk about the racial wealth gap, is that we also have to talk about the gap that exists in our own race, right? Because we've become uh, this race of have and have nots, right? You got some people that are doing really well, and then you got other people that are doing really bad. And, and that, that middle, that middle class middle is disappearing. And so what we have to do is we have to start focusing on us and not just what other people are doing. And I hear people all the time talk about, you know, my Jewish friends do this, my Jewish, Let, let's concentrate on our community. And it starts with our family, right? So making sure that even our families take care of having these conversations around the dinner table. You know, when, when I was growing up, man, when they started talking about money, they sent the kids out of the room, right? Like this strong folks business. Well, we need to be at the table and we need to be learning uh, what to do with our money. And, and a lot of people, man, our grandmothers and grandfathers and parents, they, they, they were smart. They had some things they were doing with money that we actually could learn from. And so we have to start having those conversations around the dinner table, um, having family investment clubs and, and start to do some things so that, you know, that we're, we're teaching them. I, I'm on a, uh, a Zoom every Thursday called Generational Wealth Alliance. And this was amazing to me. I, I was on here the other day and then my grandson, seven years old, came in and he, you know, I do a little presentation every week. Uh, and then, you know, they have a spotlight speaker and what have you. And he's like, no, 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 no. I, I want to watch the whole thing. And I was like, okay, now that's what we want. So he sat there and he watched the whole hour uh, as we're talking about generational wealth. And if we can start to do that, and what really got me to understand the impact that it's having is that one day he says to me, he said, well, let me, let me understand this, granddaddy. He said, if you buy a house and you move out or you sell it, they got to give you money. But if you rent a house, then when you move out, you don't get anything or you got to give them money. And I said, yeah, that's, that's basically it. He said, well, I don't ever want to rent. I said, good grandson, you'll never have to rent if you get that now at seven, right? So if we can start planting those seeds. Um, I, I think it can make a tremendous difference for us. Well, you kind of took the next question out of my mouth, man, because, you know, it's a lot of brothers and sisters that, you know, are comfortable renting. I've had a guest on the show that's cool with renting, you know, but I understand. I totally get it from that perspective. And let's jump on the real estate side a little bit, because I feel like that's where the biggest gap comes in. You know, me and one of my coworkers were heading on a shoot 
And he's telling me about friends that, you know, parents pass, they inherit uh, beach houses, they're inheriting things. But, you know, a lot of our families, when they pass, we're not inheriting anything. So, you know, that's why I created Black Men Sundays. That's why, you know, I talk about generational wealth and, and bring brothers and sisters like yourself on that, you know, have a wealth of knowledge about that. Because, I mean, the thing about you, you know, you know you're a big proponent of living stress-free. And in your book, that's you talk about that. So, you know, I want to, I kind of want to jump back on the savings side a little bit because, you know, it's a tough time, you know, brothers that have children, it's hard to save. So how do you save when you have a tight budget? Right. Can, can I jump on that real estate thing for a second? But you're exactly right about your real estate because there's 40 in, in the black uh, community, 40% home ownership and the white community is 70 plus. And so that right there, and most of our wealth is too tied up in two things, our retirement accounts and our, and our real estate. And if we're behind in both of those, I mean, we're wide, the gap is widening rather than narrowing. So, so I, I did want to just commend you on that because you're exactly right. When it comes to the, to the money, right, and how do I do it, uh, I'm going to go back to what we said earlier. It's about having a budget, right? And because what happens is um, if we don't tell our money where to go, we'll be asking it where, where did you go, right? Where, where it went, where did it go, right? So you have to track your spending. And when you start to track your spending, truly tracking it, you'll realize and you'll see areas that you can cut back. And even if you just start with $25, man, just $25 a month just anything, just to get started, get the habit, and then start to build it up. At one lady that's been watching our show, following us for about a year, maybe a year and a half, 70 years old, 70 years old, and, and she, sent me a, she sent me an email and said, you know, I just want to thank you because for the first time in my life, I have saved and I have $1,000 in the bank. She says, I've tried to do it over and over before, then something would happen, I spend it, then I start over. I stop. I spend it. And I just tell, I encourage people just to just, you know, don't beat up on yourself. If something happens, just start over, but just don't give up on the goal. And if you can get to a thousand dollars, right. And that's why I'm saying this hundred dollars a month, right. You can do a hundred dollars a month. You'll have a $1,200 at the end of a year, you know, and if that's growing at 12%, even something conservative like that, and you do that for year after year, Next thing you know, you got a pretty nice little piece of change sitting there, but you got to put it someplace where it's not so accessible and you just can't go dipping into it whenever, you know, you just saw something you want. And we got to plan for these purchases because, you know, we have this thing called retail, retail therapy, right? So if I'm stressed, somebody give me a man. And, and man, I, I used to do it myself. I leave my office, man, stressful day. Like, I'm going to stop at the saw. I'm going to stop at the mall. And I would justify it, right? because I wouldn't buy something for myself. I'd buy something for my kids or my wife. So I justified, but it was still re retail therapy. Ah, this made me feel good. I just bought this for the kids. I'm gonna come in, they're gonna be excited. They're gonna be glad to get it. That's gonna make my whole day seem better, right? It was retail therapy. And we gotta kind of know that. One of the things that I, I, I do do uh, with people is I take them through something I call disc and dollars. And with disc and dollars, what we're doing is taking your disc profile and what I've did is I identify those disc profiles with your spending habits. 
And if we can start to recognize that, and you can, it's amazing when you get a couple, they both done it, right? So he's a high I, so he likes to spend money like this, and she's a C. She don't want to spend a dime, right? She's got to know where every penny goes. And we got to somehow merge this together other than saying, okay, well, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing, right? And so we have to start recognizing our own personality and how that affects how we handle money in our relationship with money and each other. So Tony Jackson, man, how can brothers get that increase, protect, and dominate your money? How can brothers get that book? Well, man, it, it's available on Amazon for $24.95. But if you go to iPadYourMoney, iPadYourMoney.com, that's where I sell it direct. And for all of your listeners, man, if they put in the code iPad, I-P-A-D, all caps, and the number 50 at checkout, they'll get it for $10. So $10, uh, just go to iPadYourMoney.com, use the discount code at checkout of IPAD, all caps, and the number 50, and they get the book for basically my cost. They don't even pay shipping. I'll take care of the shipping for you. Put the book in your hands and uh, pray that it's a blessing for them. Tony Jackson, thanks for coming on Black Miss Sundays. You've truly been a blessing great information you know i wasn't trying to get all the gems because brothers need to read the book but i had to get a couple out you so thanks for giving us that information thanks for that blessing with that discount y'all heard them brothers go on that site put that discount code in so one last question tony jackson did you enjoy your time on black men sunday man i loved it man i loved it thank you for having me man i hope i hope you invite me to come back one day so oh, yeah. we, we're going to come back and celebrate this 1,000 people saving $100 a month, man, because we're we going to make that happen in 2023. Definitely, Tony. And I've enjoyed you. I've enjoyed your time. All right, man. Be blessed. Yes, sir. Peace. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Black man said